the high dive where we talk about life, health, and everything Alexander Technique. I am here today with Richard Brennan from Galway, Ireland to talk about the Alexander Technique. Welcome, Richard. It's great to have you here. Yeah. Hi, Mary. Hi. Good to so, be here. Great. So, so what should we chat about today? Say it again, sorry? What, sh- what should we chat about today? What should we talk about today? Well, I, I feel just with the Alexander world, I think a lot of teachers um, are just, they could do with more self-confidence in themselves and in the technique. So we all know, we all know that in this world, something somewhere has gone terribly wrong with posture, with the way people use themselves, with the way they think. And, you know, we start off very upright. We start off with our movements very easy. And then by the time we're teenagers, we're slumped. We, we don't want to, we don't want to help. We're withdrawn partly because of the education, but partly because of the society we live in. And we all know that the, the technique is an amazing tool to help people. But we have a problem. People are not queuing up for it. They're queuing up for football matches or they're queuing up for pop festivals, but they're not queuing up for Alexander teachers. And a lot of teachers have a struggle making a living. And, and I just wonder why that is. And the first thing that actually ever hit me was I was on my own training course. I was three months into it. It was a Christmas party. And somebody said, what do you do for a living? And I said, I, I t- I, I'm on the Alexander Technique training course. And it was a small town, top net in England. And so everyone knew the, what, what the Alexander Technique was. And he said, you don't look like an Alexander student. And I said, well, what do Alexander students look like? And he said, well, they look like they're riding a bike without a saddle. Okay. <laughs> Something jumped up there. So they're actually both upright. Okay. Okay. That was the first thing. The second thing was, um, I went to a Congress. The first Congress I went to, Alexander Congress, was in Brighton in 1988. And the story went around that there were two um, janitors talking to each other and they got overheard by an Alexander teacher. <clears throat> and the first janitor said, well, what's this conference all about? Because it's very unusual. It's not like the usual conference that we have. And the other janitor said, well, I don't know what it's about, but all I know is they've all got something wrong with their necks. Okay. Interesting. Very telling. Yes. So what is the message we're giving out? Okay. Well, uh, again, I had uh, another experience I had was I took my own son who invented the Bebo barefoot shoes and he was selling his shoes at the 2004 Oxford Congress. <clears throat> and we were sitting in a Thai restaurant in the evening and he said to me, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I said, no, no, go far ahead. He said, why do all Alexander teachers walk that way? And I said, well, what do you mean? What, what way? He said, well, they all look like they're auditioning for Night of the Zombies. When I'm pushing a trolley full of shoes, most people will get out of the way. But the Alexander teachers don't. They just stop in front of the trolley and they meet me go around them. Uh-huh. And he said, it's very bizarre. And it's very interesting when you get into the, the eyes of the head of people looking into the technique. Okay. So, 
Well, I, and what I think is happening is people have a certain image of what you should look like, especially in an Alexander setting. Uh, another another um, story I had was I went to the 2009 San Francisco uh, Amstack conference, and there was a person there I met, and I said to her, do you, do you come every year? And she said, well, I used to, but I had to stop coming because for three weeks afterwards, I got a neck problem. So she never had a neck problem for the rest of the year, but then suddenly she was in an Alexander conference, and just the way she, was, she was holding herself, yes. thinking that she was directing, okay? And I just think this people looking in on this, they see it as, us as quite strange. And I would like to address that. And, and basically, again, I, I mentioned before that somebody is coming to the convention in Ireland and Dublin next week, and they, they're very worried because they've been teaching 15 years, American teacher, but she's worried about the exchanges. Am I going to be good enough? Who am I going to be put with? Will they criticize me? And am I good enough? Are my hands good enough? And I think it's, it, we, we need to address this quite big. And I was watching a Breen Brown video about vulnerability. And it's not just Alexander teachers, it's all the whole world is trying to not be vulnerable because they see vulnerability as weakness. And I think we, we as Alexander teachers, we have that even bigger than other people. So if, we, if we're vulnerable, and that's why we have to be sure that the way we got taught the technique is basically the right way. Right. And if somebody else comes in, we, we don't want to know, we don't want to share ideas we want to prove that we're right all the time. Okay? So if you're a McDonald's teacher and a Carrington teacher, God help you because, you know, you've, you've got very different training. And, and I, I thought I was trained Carrington, but I actually have had a lot of McDonald's work from Giora Pincus, from Yehuda Koopman. And I actually think it, that it's two halves of the same coin. And they really complement each other. And if we could get out of the way and embrace each other's way of teaching, I think we would make the technique even more powerful. And and I wonder, if, as you're speaking, I'm wondering where judgment comes in, is that um, it, it, just before you said the word embrace, I was thinking the word embrace. And in order to embrace, I think that you you have to throw aside judgment and you have to be, you have to um, hone that non-judgmental side of you. To yeah. be open. We have to be non-judgmental to other people, but also to ourselves as well. Because yeah. we can be very non-judgmental to other people and yet be judging ourselves big time. Yeah. Okay. And and we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. We all do. We are. Some people are very good at explaining the technique, but their hands aren't maybe in that good. Other people have wonderful hands, but are useless at explaining it. But it doesn't really matter. It's just that you have to find out what your strength is and acknowledge your weaknesses. And and the, 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 the thing about the Brain Brown video, it said that vulnerability is the starting point to creativity. So when, you, when you're vulnerable and you feel vulnerable, that's when you can be most creative. Yeah. I, I buy that. I buy that for sure. Um, yeah. When you're create, when you're creative, when you're vulnerable, you can go in in many different directions. You can be, you can start anew, you can start afresh, 
And that's where creativity and, and growth comes from. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and community as an Alexander community, if we could, if we could tell each other, you know, like, well, I don't feel confident with this and I don't feel confident with that. And I'm really not sure what, what primary control is. But I've been teaching 25 years, so I should know what primary control is. But maybe there's some, something else about primary control that I don't know. And there's a story of, uh, with Jeremy Chance and he was sitting with Marjorie Barstow in, uh, Australia and he went off to get some ice cream and there was a big long queue. So he took about 10 minutes to get the ice cream. When she got back, Marjorie Barstow was sitting on the, on the bench. And she said, do you know what I've been trying to work out? And Jeremy Chan said, well, how, how, how am I supposed to know? I'm not a mind reader. He said, I'm, I'm trying to work out what forward and up is. <laughs> and that, that is 50 years right. after, 50 years after. I had another experience in Budapest. I gave a workshop with a lot of teachers about the, the primary directions. And I, I realized that there was about 50 teachers in the room but they all had different ideas of where the neck was. So when you think of the neck to be free, people were thinking of different things. Yes. So Elizabeth Walker was there. So I, I had a cup of coffee with her and I asked her, where, where did Alexander say the neck was? And she said, well, in three years, he never told us. Three years on a training course and Alexander didn't tell you where the neck is. But then he, she said, well, he always indicated it was, it was high up somewhere between the ears. So that gives us some clue. But can you imagine the, the nightmare of, of somebody whose technique it is having three, three years with people, but not really explaining where the neck is, where you're supposed to be thinking, or even how you're supposed to be thinking. So it does make our job quite difficult. And we're trying to work out all the, you know, nitty gritty of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So you so have you a... Have a Big, big week coming up, and you are going to talk about this at the conference in Ireland, in Dublin. Um, do you come to any conclusions or solutions? Do you find um, uh, we, we, a, a path to to create this vulnerability? I do, I do. I think if people could let their their Alexander uniform, if they could just take it off. Because actually, the fundamental, the whole, the, I mean, the, the title of the conference is the heart of the technique. It is, it is uh, uh, looking at the habits, the mental habits, physical habits, and emotional habits of a human being, and see which ones are detrimental and which ones are uh, not detrimental. And and when I have a detrimental habit, whether it's mental, physical, or emotional, then I need to let go of that. And I think we have. Uh, and a kind of emotional armoring. Yes. We need, we need to be in control the whole time. And yes. we do that through inhibition and direction. But I don't, I don't think it's the way inhibition and direction should be used because it keeps us apart from our colleagues. We should be working together, not in a separate way. That's, that's, that's my feeling. If we could join together and find a common denominator, we could we could make this technique um, very accessible to the rest of the world, and that's that's my aim of doing these conf conferences, conventions. 
That's great. I, I really, I, I, I wish I could join you and I'm sure all of the Alexander teachers out there who, who are in my shoes and are unable to attend are feeling the same way. I'd love to talk to you again, Richard, after the, the conference. So to, to, to kind of get the highlights of it, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, I'll see what I can do. But uh, you can still get your plane. There's, there's still places on Aer Lingus, New York. <laughs> right. So we're going to close this little chat. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add to our conversation? Uh, I don't know how it came across, but I I think it was it was okay. Yeah. I I think you did a great job. And the folks out there who are watching or if you see this um, after, you know, these these chats stay on Facebook for quite a while, um, feel free to uh, write a comment to me or um, or to or to Richard or you could send in uh, go to Richard's email uh, website and contact him through there. Um, I just posted that. It should be up. Oh, yep, yeah, there it is. It's up on the uh, on the uh, on the banner, and okay. Richard, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. So when when will it be up? When when will I can I see it? It. In a day or so. 